I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind. I know all of us at some point in time have struggled with the feeling of failure. And really, failure isn't the feeling per se. It's the feeling of shame or guilt or inadequacy or embarrassment that make up this feeling of failure. And I have to tell you that in these past few months, I have felt all of these things big time. And I want those of you who are also feeling these things to know that you're not alone. Back in January, some of you guys know that I launched my first ever Soul Care for the New Mom product, which was an online course for moms. And this was what I thought was going to catapult my ministry into business territory, meaning this was supposed to be my big game changer. The thing that brings in money, the driving force behind Soul Care for the New Mom's success, and my introduction into the world of entrepreneurship. But here's the thing. Like a lot of people do when they really believe in something with all of their heart, I honestly wasn't really anticipating that there was a chance I could fail. I thought, surely women will see how amazing this thing is that I'm offering and they'll line up the moment it launches. And I thought, surely after months of studying and learning how to market and advertise and build your list, getting customers would be a no-brainer. I even went so far as to believe that because I felt led by God in this direction, that surely he would immediately bless it. And that because I put in countless hours and effort into building this, that I would quickly be rewarded. Well, after a couple months of doing everything I could to get this product off the ground, I realized that things were going south real fast. I was spending more than I was making. I had lost a ton of money in the process. A ton of the potential customers I had been banking on actually weren't all that interested in investing in it. And also, all of the techniques I had learned and been implementing were only reaping a fraction of the results that I expected. Long story short, I failed. Or at least it looked like I had failed and I felt like a failure. I can't tell you how devastating this was to me. I wasn't just discouraged, I was angry and cynical and depressed. I questioned my self-worth, I questioned my faith, I questioned the point of life. At the same time this was happening, my family and I were being hit with some very large expenses and unexpected bills, and I just didn't understand any of it. I didn't understand why the Lord was choosing to not bless us and was instead allowing all of these things to hurt us. And I remember during this time that I began to regret everything. I regretted creating soul care for the new mom. I regretted ever putting myself out there and wasting so much time on a product that nobody wanted. I regretted thinking that I could somehow use my gifts to bring in money and help our family to flourish. And there were times I even regretted my commitment to live for God and bring him glory because all I could think was how much I had done in his name and how little I thought he had done for me in return. Now, looking back, I know that this was incredibly prideful and selfish thinking, and I even knew it at the time, but I just didn't care because the truth is, even after 10 years of walking with the Lord, there are still parts of my heart that lean toward this kind of rebellion and selfishness, and I think this is something in all of us, but just because we know it doesn't mean we always care enough to fight it, and I think that after receiving such a hard blow, I especially became a little apathetic toward my faith, and this affected many different areas of my life in small, but definitely not in significant ways. 
While all of this was happening, I also felt a lot of shame and embarrassment. Not because anybody was making fun of me or shaming me, but because I was judging myself for my failure. And I believed that other people were judging me and maybe even God was judging me. I wrestled with a lot of these self-loathing thoughts, even things that didn't relate to this specific failure. Things like, you're so fake and you've always been a faker. Or maybe if you had followed that dream of being a missionary that you had back in college, you wouldn't be sitting here dealing with this like a loser. Or your marriage sucks and you're a crappy mom and that's why God doesn't want to bless you. And if you're listening to this right now and you have self-loathing thoughts like these, I just want to take a second to denounce those thoughts and to call them out for what they really are, which is big, fat lies. My friend, these are lies given to us by the enemy or by the mistakes from our past or by people who have once hurt us. But these things are not of God. They are not truth. They're not at all what the Lord thinks of us. And the only thing that these thoughts do is give the enemy more power over our lives when it comes to keeping us from walking in God's grace and confidence into the calling that he has for us. And the next thing I want to say is this. Some of you may be feeling like a failure right now. Maybe you feel like your marriage is failing and that it's somehow your fault. Or maybe you failed in a business endeavor or in some form of ministry. Maybe you failed at keeping a promise to yourself or to somebody you love. Maybe you failed in a friendship or failed towards your kids. Maybe you feel like a failure for not being stronger or more emotional stable or having it all together. But I want you to know that there is hope for you. There is abundant hope hope because our failures are not anywhere near as big enough to overpower Jesus and what he intends to do in your life. And in fact, these failures can be used by God to bring you even closer to the good plans he has for you. I'll tell you that this funk I was in ended up lasting for several months. And in those months, I wrestled like I hadn't wrestled in a long time. But even through my wrestling, God was stirring things in me that I didn't know needed to be stirred. I was especially being faced with my own pride and selfishness over and over again. And I remember it all came to a head one Sunday evening while we were at church and listening to a sermon on Saul from the book of 1 Samuel. Now, I had never seen any part of myself in the person of Saul, mostly because a lot of people focus more on David in that book of the Bible. But learning more about Saul and his motivations in this season of my life gave me a lot of insight into my own. And what I found was actually frightening and saddening, but most importantly, it was humbling. Now, I'm not going to dive into the entire character study right now for the sake of time, but the number one thing I took away from the life and person of Saul and how he compares to David in both character and leadership is that while Saul most wanted God to be a tool in his hands, David most wanted to be a tool in God's hands. And it got me thinking, which camp do I fall into? Am I a tool in God's hands or am I wanting God to be a tool in mine? And as I sat in church that night and thought about these things, it was like so much of my anger and my heartache and rebellion finally made sense. For so long, I thought I was doing things for the right reasons, and in some ways, I'm sure that I really was. My passion for soul care for the new mom is rooted in a deep desire to see moms experience joy and abundant life. I do want God to get the glory. I want more women to connect with him and have encounters with him, and I want his name to be made known. 
But at the same time, I have this longing to be somebody, to make a difference in this world, to be recognized and applauded and deemed worthy. And as common as these desires may be, I think it's so easy for the enemy to use these things to run us off course and convince us that God is the one who needs to be used and shaped and sculpted for our purposes rather than the other way around. Once I recognized this, I felt sorrow for how much time I had wasted seeking after my own gain instead of surrendering to the process and trusting that God knows what he's doing. And through my repentance, I was finally able to see things in a new light and learn from my failure. And what I learned is that God's not done with me yet. And even though he doesn't owe me answers or blessings or favor or success, he is a good father who has the end game in sight and knows exactly what we need when we need it. I'll tell you that within just a couple weeks time, the thousands of dollars that have been taken from us as a result of an unforeseen medical bill were restored. Through a simple Google search and some brainstorming, we found a way to save hundreds of dollars a month on health insurance, the very thing that was burdening us and even we felt was somewhat wronging us for so long. I began having conversations that led me in an entirely different direction concerning the future of soul care for the new mom, and that that gave me hope that this ministry is still worthwhile and going to be used by God. And the time that I took off from writing and working was used to help me get back into good community and even help me rediscover my identity as more than just what I'm able to produce or how I'm able to impress others. Through a series of hard conversations and the attitude of my own hard heart, my husband and I made the decision together to go back to marriage counseling so that we can become stronger. And a dream that I had for our family was laid to rest as a result of all of the financial hardship. And through this, I was actually able to realize that God was leading us to wait instead of jump into something that there's no way we would have been ready for. Wouldn't I have rather gotten the outcomes that I wanted? Yes, of course. I want to live in this fantasy world where things happen the way I want them to when I want them to. A part of me still wants God to answer prayers in my timing, and I want him to bend his will to my desires. But am I thankful that I didn't get the outcomes I wanted? Also, yes. Because through this journey, I was once again awakened to the sovereignty and the power of God and was able to watch him orchestrate things that I wouldn't have chosen, but I needed nonetheless. Now, at the same time, I was able to learn more and more about what it means to bend my will to his desires. And there in that surrender lies all the answers that I need. Why didn't my business succeed? It doesn't matter. Why did I lose so much money in the process? God will provide. Why did we get hit with these unexpected expenses? The king is on the throne. Why did I have to lay this dream down? My father has good plans for me. What do I do now? Where do I go next? He's already gone before me. As I enter this next season, I feel a renewed confidence and boldness. I don't have a clear plan, but I'm okay with that because these past few months have taught me that my plans are nowhere near as intricate and perfect as my father's. If given the chance, maybe I would want to take every shortcut in the book to get to where I want to be, but I know I would lose so much in the process. I would lose the testimony of his provision and his faithfulness. I would lose my sense of awe at his power and goodness. I would lose my humility and the transformation in my heart that makes me look more like King David than like Saul. And I would forget who is on the throne and who all of this is for. Take it or leave it, but this is the truth. And this is what gives me hope that my failures are not the end of me, but rather an opportunity for God to grow me and shape me. And like I said earlier, there is hope for you too. No matter how big your failures, Jesus is so much bigger. Romans 8 
Verse 28 through 31 says, We know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against? us. My friend, God is for you, and he does work all things together for good. You are known, you are predestined, you are called and justified, and he won't let you down. Hey friends, if you haven't already, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a review for this podcast on iTunes or in your Apple podcast app. Getting more reviews and ratings helps Soul Care for the New Mom get more exposure, which means more moms listening and more moms being filled with gospel truths and encouragement for their motherhood journey. I definitely want to see Soul Care continue to grow, and you can help with that with your review. Plus, I love hearing your feedback and getting an idea of what this podcast has meant to you. So when you get a chance, please be sure to do that. That would truly bless me today.